Hello and welcome to the Big League Show. As always, I'm Connor Somerville, joined by Aiden Silifant, which is, he's somewhere in here. Uh, and this week we're back after a little hiatus due to Aiden taking off to a cottage and the first week of online classes, which are interesting to say the least. But that is not important right now. What is important is our guest. We are finally having on who we've wanted to have on for probably the last three to four weeks. And unfortunately due to schedules, we haven't been able to figure it out, but Therese, uh, Therese Avila, she's done a ton of stuff in the sport graphics area of stuff. Uh, so she's her first, I guess, full graphics person. Uh, she's done some stuff with TSN, which we'll get into, but Therese, how are you doing today? I am doing amazing. Thank you for having me on the show, guys. Thank you for coming. No we really appreciate for coming it. on. Yep. Uh, you've done a ton of stuff for everybody in this program, like just various uh, little jobs and things. And I know you hate this already. Uh, no, but I just, I, I just can't take compliments, but I'm just going <laughs> <laughs> to calm down. We're just hyping you up. That's all yeah, we're, we're hyping you up. We're getting you, we're getting you going. We're getting you ready because we need energy today because we got to fire through this episode. We only have a couple hours to record, which if you follow this podcast at all, you know that's going to be a struggle. Um, but we're going to spend a ton of time on you because you've done, and like, how many things do I have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten different projects, uh, both graphics and YouTube related. Um, but let's sort of start off with your early life. And I've asked everybody this, or I've asked two people, I guess, so far this question to open up our interviews, which are really just conversations. And it's, what is your first sports memory? and sports media memory? Okay, sports memory. I do believe it was uh, the 2010 Vancouver Olympics, obviously. And I think that's, okay, 2010 kind of changed my life because that's when I'm like, oh, this player, like Jonathan Taze, right? He's my favorite player. Um, but I think that's when I was like, oh, I really love this sport. And obviously they won the cup that year as well. And Taze, I think he was the best forward right for the 2010 i believe so for that game i can't remember who won the award I although know. i find Sydney that crosby. a little hard <laughs> yeah Sydney crosby was I, on that team so and also i think chicago won in 2011 <laughs> i believe too right it wasn't 2010 no they won 2010 they won 2010 oh yeah man. yeah no, they won the year after oh, the yeah. pittsburgh uh, yeah, yeah, red yeah. wings went back to back oh wait oh nice vancouver in 2011 or boston but boston, boston yeah. Vancouver, yeah let's not remind us of that yeah but <laughs> but that's like watching sports. But sports, I was involved early on because I played soccer my entire life. Um, yeah, I've played it since I was like seven. And I've honestly, guys, I remember this one moment. I think I was like 15. I was like, oh, I told my mom, I was like, I want to be a professional soccer player. Obviously, that didn't happen. But um, um, if you look at the rates right now, um, I think girls in soccer they just tend to quit which it's it actually sucks because I'm obviously a victim of that but um I kind of wish I continued but obviously prior like as you grow up priorities change school gets in the way and I feel like you're only like you only continue it if you I guess want to pursue it in a way mm -hmm. but what no, level did yeah, you get to yeah I got to uh, rep for because I'm in Mark I'm in Markham okay. so I played for the Markham 
soccer. Yeah, Markham Soccer Club. Yeah. See, I quit when I was in, I think, 2017. So you were okay. like 17? I assume right. you're the same age as us. Oh, 100. Guys, 2000. 2000. 2000. Yeah. 2000. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think I quit 2017 or 2018. But okay. I. Okay. So that's not too long. Around your last year of high school. Man, yeah. That's pretty like good. Yeah. But so did you play? Was, did you play like high school soccer? Did you play on your high school team? No, 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 I didn't. It was guys. It was really competitive, and it was. It's not that I didn't have confidence in myself, right? It was just. It was all the, I guess, overachievers on that team, like okay. popular girls. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Well, obviously, that's not gonna like. It didn't really bother me, but I just didn't want to join high school at all. You know, like yeah, outside yeah, of I high and plus, my high school is just, no, yeah. Were you at a public school or a private school? What sort of schooling were you, was your situation? To, yeah, I went to a Catholic school. Um, St. Brother Andre. Uh, if, should I be saying that here? <laughs> yeah, it's St. Brother you. Andre in Markham. Um, yeah, small town, nothing to see here. People are like, oh, come come to Markham, see you. I'm like, what do you want to do here? Like, there's literally just... <laughs> fields like it's besides Stovall there's nothing here but yeah hmm. that's interesting so you quit soccer at around 18 but what sort of drew your interest towards sport media in particular as opposed to just sports so basically I think it was my last year so grade 12 I um, took this class it was called sports marketing and I was like oh I'm, I'm, it's cool it's the only thing that like I like sports uh, I like business in a way Um, And then we had this big project. It was like the pitch competition. And I think we had to like present it um, at the end of the year to like a couple, like, like, I don't know where they were from, but they were like professionals in the industry and our team actually won. So we had to um, pitch a soccer team. So we called it, called it like the Indianapolis pirates or whatever. And then, (laughs) and then we, um, I actually like did the graphics and stuff. I'm, I'm like, Oh, this is like, I'm enjoying this. Like I enjoy staying up until 4am doing this. So (laughs) I, so, um, so I think that was like, so I I think I had it first semester. So that was around the time of like application. So I was like, Oh, Ryerson has a sports media program. Let me apply. Like I'll apply to that. And I think a couple of weeks before I like went to the uni fair and Joe was there and he explained and I was like, Oh, this is cool. And he was like, Oh yeah, this is a really hard was like a hard program to get into and I'm like okay uh sure and then I ended up applying still but I ended now we're here like <laughs> so, so if it wasn't for that one project you don't think you would have gotten into this program it, it could have just completely changed your career path not that pro- okay that class had a lot of influence in me but okay honestly kind of <laughs> because <laughs> okay that class had a lot of influence in me um I don't know it was just very sports 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 and you know how sports 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 and it's very sports is a very it's buzzing all the buzzing all the time and I knew from the from early on I wanted to be a graphic designer but I didn't know what kind I guess I was like oh do I do like illustrations like just random like just a plain graphic designer but I realized sports is such a great I guess path to go into because something is always happening it I guess well oh yeah you're right yeah it's always happening something's always happening Mm -hmm. there's 
like you want to again it's just just such a great like platform to like be part of but yeah yeah and you have i saw that with when i was doing the research which as i was saying beforehand feels really creepy and yeah you've done a bunch of stuff for various different non-sports related things which we'll dive into in a little bit but let's start with the application process what was that like for you and sort of how did you find it okay so yeah applying i was like oh you have to write we had to write an essay right or like a paragraph or something yep i think yeah maybe was it two essays no just one 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 before and one during okay yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so the one before i was so nervous i'm like am i even making sense here i totally forgot the question but i was like okay whatever i'll just hand it in blah blah blah. like that one but the actual essay you guys are talking about like at the interview yeah um i got the question of like what's your what's the best like sports memory yeah or something mine was like i think what was what's the best sports moment you've seen live and then on tv yes so i wrote about the world cup of hockey um the 2016 because i went to the canada versus czech republic yeah so i wrote about that and i'm like oh it was just it felt like the entire nation came together wrote some random ass (laughs) 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 and it was like and then taze scored and i think they won like six three it it was a really good game um but yeah that was like one of my favorite games so i wrote about that and i think i was the only sport media um person in there like person like sorry like applicant there because i was the only one who had like the pink paper or whatever because i know i know like they'd put like new media media production and sport media and like you get the blue paper purple purple (laughs) paper or whatever pink paper and i'm like oh shit everyone's applying for media production like this is so intimidating but yeah i was the only sport media person there like always uh what day did you interview and who is your interviewer I, okay, March 27th, and I had Joe. Okay. I'm so oh, surprised. So, so many people just know their dates right away. I I can't believe that. I always I have to look guys? it up. Like, can I tell you guys, I was so nervous. I left my door open for two hours because I was like, running to the bus, or sorry, the train. I left my door open, completely open. It was winter. That's how nervous. You left your, your front door open? Front door open, wide open. At least you're in a bunch of fields, I guess, as quoting you. <laughs> was it I mean, snowing that day? It it was really chilly. That's what that's what I remember. But well, I, if you're not from Canada, that's what March is like in the winter. Um, <laughs> it sucks. It's, what <laughs> what was the interview like for you? How did you sort of find it? How did you sort of connect with Joe? What was that? Oh yeah, like um, Joe was so nice. It was very obviously very intimidating, right? Um, he was like, oh yeah, not all, I think he was like, I think he said something about like, not a lot of girls applied this year or something like that. And I'm like, it's great to have like, you know, females in the industry. And I talked about, I think I talked about like Tess and Scott, wait, this is going from my memory. Like, I think I talked about like Tess and Scott and like meeting them. Okay. So me and Joe actually had like a 10 minute conversation on which, Shakespeare adaption or sorry which you know guys you know the movie she's the man by like with like I recognize the name yeah 
Channing Tatum, the soccer movie, um, Channing Tatum, Amanda Bynes. So we were literally- talking. I do recognize that. She plays a guy, right? She fakes yeah. being a guy to play on a soccer team? Yes, yeah. okay, I know that movie. We spent 10 minutes figuring out like which Shakespeare adaption like, that was from, but it ended up being Merchant of Venice. It was just a very casual conversation. Like, I love Joe. He was he was so nice. He definitely made the interview more like casual and just conversation. Like, cause I know others, it was more like business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you guys? What did you think? I think I think that's like a common theme though. Like from everyone that we've talked to, it seems like the people who kind of turned their interview into a conversation are the ones that got in and the ones that we've been talking to now. But um who did I that have? I, I had that, Joe, I had Joe as we well for mine. Oh, you had Joe as well? Okay. Yeah. Also, we haven't talked to anyone who hasn't gotten into the program yet. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> we should do that. We probably know somebody hey. who applied and had a great conversation didn't get in. So that would be a, that'd be an interesting conversation to have. Just you, do you know do you know anyone that's applied to this program that didn't get in? I know someone. Do you guys want his number? You know what? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> later on. That might yeah. be a funny interview. We'll see. I don't know. Do we really want to hit him while he's down? Did he turn out better? He's in media production now. He's in media production. So he oh, okay. Isn't media production harder to get into? No, yeah, it's I easier. I applied to that too. Yeah. I got into sport media. I didn't get into media production. I got waiting listed yeah. for it. Yeah, I didn't get into media production as well. Oh, really? I got into both. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I did. I did. Flexing I did. On us I now, did. Huh? <laughs> but, but my goal was always sport media. Like, I, I did media production as, as primarily just the backup. Cause I wasn't sure if I wanted to get into like full on sports or like film. Um, right. But yeah, I can't believe I got into both. I can't believe I, I got into this one still. No. Yeah. It's crazy. I think we had like 4,000 applicants, right? Yeah. It was like a 10% acceptance rate. I think it was of 700 who did like the interviews or something like mm -hmm. 70 of us got in. That is nuts. That's now dropped job, off guys. because some people have, yeah. Applause to everyone. Um, when did you find out you were into, you got into Ryerson? Um, I was eating lunch in my library and I, and I'm looking at like, oh, you whack, right? And I'm like, oh, uh. wait, hold on, hold on. You were eating lunch in the library? Cause at yeah. my high school, you can't do that. <laughs> you had a library? I didn't even have a library. Like we, we couldn't either. We were eating in like the. You're just like trying to like hide it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to hide it. And then I was like, you know, eating. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think I'm in. Cause I think it said uh. like except right or whatever and then I call my mom I like run to like the actual like cafeteria to tell like one of my friends who got in as well for Ryerson and it was just it was a rush and I was so happy and I think I accepted the like two days after really no yeah wow. so was that your first choice then Ryerson was definitely my first choice so I only applied to for Ryerson I only applied for media media production and graphic communication management okay um but i did not get into media production i did not get into graphic communication management but honestly i think this is like the right path i i think it was like meant to be yeah it's definitely a good program as hopefully yeah. you can see with this podcast but mm -hmm. uh yeah it's just it's really interesting to hear everybody's paths to ryerson's sport media program like I found out at a track meet in between events and Aiden, I, have you told the story of, do you even remember where you found out? Yeah, I was in my, um, so like at my old high school, we have like a TV studio there as well. And it's like my first class of the day. So I, I just remember, you know, getting to class, 
like 10 minutes late or something, pull out my phone and just see an email from Ryerson. And like my first, I'm just like, whoa, like, whoa, I got an email. I got, I got something. Um, and then I, I, always, I tell my friends about it as well. Before I even open the email, I'm just like, hey guys, like, yo, this is, this is big. If I, if I get in here. And then I think even one of my friends suggested like, hey, what if I open it first? And then I tell you. Um, so I don't know, I don't know if we actually did that or not, but I remember like we kind of opened the email together and it got in. So, and it was was pretty sick. It's a good feeling to say the least when you get into a program. Uh, how many programs did you apply to before we take a quick break and then dive in everything you've done outside of sport media? Yeah. So I only applied for four uni, sorry, four programs. So three of them were at Ryerson and one was at, what's that one? I totally forgot. It's in downtown. OCAD? OCAD. Oh my God. Yes. OCAD. And I got into OCAD, but I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to do this because it's just mainly graphic design. Right. And I'm like, I kind of need, I kind of want more than that. Like, I, I don't know. No, definitely. I'm glad I chose this program thinking about it now. You made the right decision for sure. I think based on talking to you and how you have seemed to enjoy sport media uh, to say the <laughs> least, and you're already working in the industry, which we'll dive into in a second, but we're going to take a very quick break because our zoom call is about to run out. And unfortunately we've tried with our Ryerson emails and we don't get the extension. So the breakup of the calls is going to have to continue. Um, but we'll dive into everything you've done outside of Ryerson and how you found the program so far in one second. All right, and we are back for our probably what we should patent, the stalker segment, which is where we dive into all the research that I've done, which basically incorporates looking up their name on on Google and scrolling through their social media pages. Although I'm going to be honest, I didn't scroll through your entire Twitter feed because you have 25,000 tweets. Whoa. (laughs) Let me tell you, like I have so much... Like, I have a lot of stories about that, but we can dive into that later. Let's hear them right now. <laughs> okay, so I was that hockey fan that literally live tweeted, like, okay, if you scroll down, if, if Jonathan Taze, like, passed, I'm like, oh, my God, Taser, you did that. Like, come on. I, I, I would literally live tweet every single move, like, for Hawks, Leafs. I think I did Leafs. I'm pretty sure I did Leafs, too. And then... Yeah, I'm totally exposing myself here, but you guys want sport buzz? Yeah. Yes. Like, so me and Kayla's, um, like Kayla, another um, girl yeah. in our program, she, um, so before sport buzz, we, it, it was actually my Jonathan Tay's fan account. <laughs> really? I, wow. I'm not joking. I'm not even, that's why we had like that many followers before. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm too, like, we're too lazy to start one like a new one, start from scratch. If you guys look through it, it's like- <laughs> Wow. I was an inactive, but I still have the posts um, archived because I didn't want to delete it because you know, memories, but uh-huh. you know, but yeah, that's totally exposed myself there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about exposed, but Jeez. it's one way to start a following, I guess, and keep <laughs> a following going. Yeah, that's uh, a good way to do it. You don't want to lose any, all those followers. Aiden, do you have any secret fan accounts that we don't know about that we could use? Uh, Leafs lover. You want to use my my TikTok? My TikTok's TikTok. got yeah, like TikTok. over four hundred followers or something on there. Four hundred followers is actually a lot for Yo, TikTok. I I had some good ones. I I have over eighteen k likes as well. I, 
you're famous. Charlie who? Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? 18K likes and you're famous. 18K likes. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. We can start posting clips of our show on your TikTok. On TikTok, exactly. That's actually Chinese, good exposure, you know. <laughs> the Chinese government will now know that we do a podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to push that stupid conspiracy theory. Uh, let's dive into some of the stuff that you've done affiliated with Ryerson to begin with, because you've done a couple things. Uh, it hasn't been infinite like your other stuff, but mm-hmm. let's start with Curtis, because you've sort of been involved with that for around a year or so. Um, and you're, what you do there, you're like, the graphics person there, I guess, is the best way of describing it. Mm-hmm. What has that entire experience been like and sort of how did that come about? Yeah, so it was last summer and I think I saw, you guys know the email, like job opportunities, blah, blah. I think it popped up in there or there was like a IG post about it, but I was like, oh, I kind of want to be part of something, you know, you know, just not go to, go to class, go home. I actually want to, you know, take full advantage of my uni experience and get out there and meet new friends who aren't in my program. But so I applied, um, got it. I got it. I went into, I actually went into the interview. I think the interview was actually after the Raptors parade and I was scared of going into like downtown because of the, the shooting obviously and like everything that happened. But I went, um, um, yeah, did the interview, thought it went well. Oh, it did go well and got the job. Been the graphic designer ever since last year, June 2019. But it's been great. Like, I've met so many amazing people. I think it's only me and Sam, another girl in our program, um, who are in Curtis that's in sports media that I believe, because everyone else is either in most, well, they're mostly media production and um, a couple new media students as well. And they're just all amazing. Like, and it's great to, be a part of something in that um i guess like it's kind of like a community in a way and like we're all friends and no yeah it's been a great amazing experience like working within a team as well and collaborating with other creatives yeah and for those of you who don't know what curtis is it's the course union of rta students so i don't know if you can dive into like what that entails uh maybe a bit more on like what the application process was like for incoming students if they potentially be interested in getting involved with curtis Mm -hmm. so curtis it's basically the course union of rta's three programs so sport media media production and new media so we overlook the events we kind of like take care of you no we kind of like oh we kind of like market um like the events, like if there's a gala, obviously there's no gala happening this semester, but um, yeah, if something's happening, like some, we offer like advice. Oh, I, I, it's just, I honestly don't know how to explain it. It's just, I guess, all the three programs coming into one and making sure all the programs like know what's happening this day, like when course intentions are. And we do that, um, well now this year, we're definitely, we're like rebranding. so. We did a lot, so we're doing a lot of like heavy content. We're, um, you know, making series like we have cooking with Curtis. I don't know if you guys saw that, but if you don't, you don't have to see. Vaguely, it, I'm, I think I, I saw that. Didn't you Are guys you start? Guys, did you guys start a TikTok? Uh, yes, we did. Um, you guys don't need to. Yeah, you guys don't need to dive into that. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, so yeah, so we're definitely this year. We're definitely um focusing more on like content because obviously there's not going to be 
like any events because like last year we had the winter gala halloween and yeah we're definitely hoping that all first years and like obviously second years can see what we're all about and obviously third years but yeah and like we, we recently had frosh it was viral it was um all online we had movie nights and it was a big success actually but yeah that's interesting is that something that you would encourage first years to maybe try out for like in like coming into the school yes so first years i 100 percent um recommend go like applying for curtis because it, i think every year they accept first year reps for all, all three programs and it's just a great way to like you can also put that in your resume you know um it's just i don't know it's this is just a great overall community and everyone's just so nice and it's definitely like worth it's, yeah it's definitely worth it yeah hmm. and something else that you've done with ryerson is you've done a little work with the eye opener uh doing some graphics for them so how did that sort of come about like how do you get involved with the eye opener for doing graphics and what has that sort of experience been like for you okay so for the eye opener it's kind of fun it's kind of a funny story because I'm actually not okay. So I only did one thing for them so far, um, and it was because Joseph, another guy in our program, he like, like texted me. He's like, "Hey, we need a couple of like illustrations for um, like basketball." Um, I think of Tom Demont, and um, it's cut. And I think I think they wanted it because like um, they want an illustration on like Corona and stuff, and how they're like they're all leaving. So I did that, and that's the only thing I did so far, but I did apply for the eye-opener graphics position this year, and I got in, so. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, but that's the only thing I did so far, but hopefully there's more to come this upcoming semester. So what's it been like working for the eye-opener in a non-writing like, role? We've had a couple of people on who've written articles for them, but we haven't had anyone who's done like photography or graphics. So what's that sort of been like working with them? The eye-opener? Yeah. Um, well, I've only done that one project and it was through, it wasn't like really official. Mm -hmm. So I can't really say anything, but um, yeah, I can't really say anything on that, but it's been it's honestly i just sometimes i kind of like like over overwhelming myself and applying to random stuff and i'm like oh let's just get like i i honestly like to keep myself busy you know um but yeah uh yeah i can't really say anything on that but hmm. that's well, fair and you're well, starting pretty soon oh god I'm, well, yeah, I'm, I'm starting pretty yeah, soon yeah. yeah they haven't really said anything yet so they haven't tested they haven't said anything yet like on like the content they want but yeah so your schedule is going to get pretty busy i guess with school and then eye opener and what you've been doing with tsn which is what we'll get into i guess now mm -hmm. um how did that start because i think from like connor and i's perspective and probably a bunch of other people from sport media how I can we, we work saw... for tsn in other words no no no, no. <laughs> I'm, not, no I'm not even getting into that but um we saw the post on their yeah. TSN official Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And I think to a lot of us, it kind of looked familiar at first, right? We kind of recognized like that piece of work. And then I think you reposted it on your own account. And that was, I was crazy. Like that's the first 
time someone from our program has been featured on their account. So how did that start? Do you guys want like the full story? Yes. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> okay, so um, basically, so you guys know our class last year, first sem, I believe, our TV lab, and we had to do a job <laughs> shadow um, of someone in the industry for like our essay or something. Um, so I did, I reached out to Dave, um, which is, he's head of like, um, like TSN, like content and like bar down. He actually got back to me. It was so embarrassing because I was on Twitter. I was like, Hey Dave, can you follow me back? So like, I can message you. But, um, so yeah, he got back to me. Um, I actually, instead of shadowing him, I shadowed Corwin from bar down. Okay. So you know he like showed me their like daily stuff um i went down to i drove all the way up to well not all the way up but to, i drove all the way to scarborough to shadow them and then yeah i think that was the like the first like interaction so they like i already like got their emails and stuff if i ever wanted to like reach out and then um the next time i went to their like bar down live show if you guys didn't know like they they had like a what did they yeah, I heard the a live event. event. That was uh, at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah, yeah, they had it at the Hockey Hall of Fame, and yeah, I went to that. I answered like I asked like Eric a question, which is I think he's like head of graphics or, or he's one of the graphics um, um people. And I was like, oh hey, do you have any advice for like people who want to go into like the industry and like for like graphics and stuff? Because like I know it's like a very important role, especially like now. And then like he answered, and he's just really nice. He, he's so nice, Eric, and like everyone when there's so, like that's like the other um interaction but, and then after um i was at the mall and then this this is like a couple months later ella texted me another girl from our program and she actually she also has um she was like i think she recommended me to dave because she um had an interview as well and she got it so um oh, wow. for tsn and then um no yeah so she recommended me then i went for an interview like again to actually meet Dave because I haven't met Dave yet um but no it was nice like he's really he was really nice and he was like oh you can shadow for a bit so I stayed in the office for a bit just to you know see the atmosphere and see like what they're like daily like the graphics and then like what they're doing like every day and then after that like obviously corona hit um like that was I think that was like late February so corona hit so obviously that's like not not on everyone's like first you know like mind and I was like oh it's okay like I'll reach maybe later and then like maybe like after everything like kind of dies down so like um yeah and then do you guys remember my Naomi Osaka graphic I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys remember so. but you've made a couple of them haven't you for her I, yeah <laughs> I knows it inside it well I know I think you made one recently because she just won the U.S. Open which we should probably talk about um yeah. so yeah so um, my latest Naomi Osaka graphic, um, DZ actually reached out to me and he was like, oh, Therese, we would love to offer um, you a position and stuff. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, of course. Like, of course, like, why would I turn that down? Um, but no, yeah. So they reached out to me. And then ever since I've just been kind of training under their graphics people. And they're all so nice. They're all, they're all so nice. That's pretty crazy. I didn't realize that's Ella sick. had gotten a position at DSN. So I guess that's someone else we have to have on, Aiden. Because uh, I think she's doing stuff with SPMA Hub as well, um, which is another sort of site. Uh, but what is that sort of 
been like in terms of being new to TSN in the COVID era? Like, how have you sort of found that? I'm going to be straight up with you guys. They're all so nice. But I, for me, I'm just so, I, I get really intimidated um, because it's obviously TSN. And um, it's kind of scary because you don't see them in person. And um, for like, um, and you're obviously on like Zoom and stuff, but they're all so nice and they make, they're all very welcoming. I feel like I just need to burst out of my bubble and like, you know, I like, yeah, I, I get really scared, but. I think but it just I've, takes time to do that. Like there's a lot of nerves probably for you, like right at the start. Just so. hearing about it makes me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, obviously, you're really talented at, at doing the graphics. So, like, you should have that confidence. So, one of my questions here is, how do you make your graphics, like, so good? <laughs> <laughs> like, like what, what goes into making graphic? Like, tell us about, like, the process. Like, is it you have to find the fonts first? You have to find the, the photos first, color way. Like, what's your process in making a graphic? Okay, my process of making graphic is, well, before before TSN, I'm like, oh, uh, I'll just make this because I want to, right? So I, I kind of, I definitely get inspiration from other creatives, you know, um, because I think in this industry, obviously, you're going to, you want to like, oh, that looks nice. I'll, inc- I'll incorporate that to mine. Um, but definitely, I'm going to be straight up. If I go into a graphic, it's doesn't like that's it's not like the same idea in the end like it's definitely um like a process where you don't know what the outcome is well Mm -hmm. for me because I never know I like you start it right so you have all you have the pictures you have the fonts oh I get my fonts from the font but the font font, yeah the font's good (laughs) but um (laughs) sponsored this episode is sponsored sponsored. by (laughs) font.com but um yeah, so if I'm ever working a graphic, it's definitely not the same outcome in the end. But once I have um, an overall, like a general idea, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do Naomi Osaka U.S. Open. I'm gonna have, get her get her pictures, um, get the font that I want. But as you're working it, you're gonna, as you're like working on it, you're not you're gonna be like, oh, that doesn't look good. So you're just gonna I'm just gonna you know play around with it. So definitely graphics, you just play around with it and see it eye to eye. That's my thing. And also filters are important. That's what I found because it really brings everything together. Mm-hmm. As someone who doesn't understand graphics at all, this is all gibberish to me, Wait. but I'm <laughs> sure Aiden knows a bit more about that. So I'm curious, um, like obviously like the photos that you use, and I'm always curious with like the copyright stuff. Is there like certain photos that you, you can use or like, are they, are there, the photos that you use for the TSN graphics, do they yeah. give you those photos? So, yes, they do give me the photos from Getty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, because I don't, I, because they gave me like the account where I don't need a, I don't need, I, I don't have the watermark. Right, right. Uh, no, yeah, it's, but there's also a website, if you didn't know, it's called tomato.to and it takes out the watermark. And you Lucas can use those for free though, or you can still get copyrighted yeah. on those. You can use them it's, for free. Oh, yeah. Lucas Wacker, shout out. He told me about it or Jack, one of the, Josh Biro, shout Interesting. out. One of them told me about it. Shout out. Huh. Ah, I didn't yeah, know they, that. Both of those guys do stuff for on the line sports, which you've done some graphics for them as well. So what does that sort of 
been like, sorry to transition away from that, but we do have limited time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what is sort of working with yeah, over the line been like for you? Oh yeah, definitely. It's been an amazing experience. And especially with the people I'm working with talented, so many talented people. We have Kayla. It's, I think for the graphic, it's all of the people from our um, year. So we have Kayla, Lucas, Jack, Kennedy, and I, and Curtis, who Curtis, um, so he's the founder of O2L, O2L, what am I saying? OT, OTL sports. And like, he kind of brought us together and like, oh, we need graphics. And we're like, oh, okay. And we're all like, and it's just great, like working in a team, like a team collaborative space, especially with those guys, because they're, they're like so hardworking, you know, they're going to get the job done. And they're obviously so talented as well. So it's great. Um, you know, also getting ideas from them, like, hey, guys, what do you think of this? Um, and you obviously trust their opinion, because they're obviously like really talented. But um, no, yeah, it's been a great experience. And I hope to continue my time at over the line sports me acting like i have a contract like i hope to continue <laughs> I hope to continue like my time but no yeah yeah this, this is just scratching the surface of the stuff you've done like uh you've worked for uh new wave magazine as well um sports buzz which you mentioned earlier and i want to dive into this a little bit your internship with the barry colts what was mm -hmm. that like and how did you get involved with barry and all that sort of thing okay so that was a very like sh that was a very like short internship i think that happened like december to april or yeah december to april i think or november to i think april. it might have been march i can't remember yeah. <laughs> i'm basing it off your linkedin <laughs> Yay. um but so i think someone in our group chat texted oh hey guys if you want to um an internship um, at graphic, uh, sorry, at Barry Coles, for like a, there's a graphic designer position opening, apply to it. And I read this at work and I was kind of stressed. I was like, wait, I need to go home and make some graphics. So I got home. I quickly like, cause I think he asked for something specific. So I made that, um, sent it in and he was like, oh yeah, like, that's really good. We'd love to have you like, as like, um, uh, like an, have you like, a, um, for an internship or whatever and I was like oh yeah no, no problem so he so I worked for them for like three months four months and then he actually the guy who hired me um I think he got a promotion so and they they got a promotion so he was like oh I'm gonna have to let you go and I was like cool <laughs> cool uh, bye but so yeah it, it was fine um but it was a great experience I think that was one of the first times I was like um that it was more like fast paced because obviously sports is you know fast paced and I made the game day graphics and the post game um stuff as well a couple post post game stuff and like the IG stories but no yeah it, it was an, it was an overall great experience and the guy who hired me I'm like we only talked through email but I'm sure he was a very nice man but yeah <laughs> I've noticed a trend with all of these people so far and that's very nice. Um, but I'm sure they are. I, the TSN people, especially like you can get that sort of sense through their content and everything like that. Uh, I don't necessarily follow the OHL, but I know some of the people in our program, I think you did, you did the graphics for a potential new podcast. I'm not really sure where that's sitting at with, I think it was Patrick rain and Kyle Watson, yeah. uh, who I was supposed to audio produce for. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but 
what has it sort of been like just sort of having people approach you and say, we want your graphics because we actually like what you're making as opposed to sort of having to go out and really put yourself out there, having people come to you. And do these people pay you? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. We're not going to get into that. I'm kidding. Like, um, no, (laughs) um it's on it's 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 really okay everyone in our program is super nice and i'm down to take on another project like i'm like if it fits the schedule if i'm able to do it i'm totally fine but i'm when they reach out to me i'm just like oh wait really like it's kind of surprising because obviously they're really talented you know um but i would be more than happy to like do something because in the end like they're my classmates and like i they're asking it's just another thing to add in the portfolio i guess so it's like joe says you never know who your boss is your next boss is going to be so Mm -hmm. be nice to everybody i think it was joe who said that Um, everybody says that yeah yeah Yeah. this industry is so small so you definitely don't want to you know be on someone's wrong side oh yeah yeah. And that's what this program and what we're trying to do with this is we're trying to give people a platform to tell their story because we're really interested in what people have to say. I feel like we say this every episode, mm-hmm. um, but just sort of see like you accomplishing like insane stuff working for TSN, hearing about Ella now get a job at TSN or internship or whatever that position is. And uh, Hunter last summer, he worked with Sportsnet. Um, Daniel, MLSE. Daniel, MLSE, like you look at how accomplished these people are and it's like, it makes you feel like, Oh, maybe I should be doing a little bit more. But at the same time, you're realizing that these are people who are incredibly talented at specific things where there are open positions and you need to understand that you're getting there. Um, and it's a different journey. Yeah. You've got to get your foot in the door and clearly you've done that considering you're now partially working for TSN. Uh, but we try to wrap up every sort of, personal segment, I guess, the interview segment with sort of a very similar question. And it's what is your biggest suggestions? Like what sort of advice would you give to incoming sport media students, uh, graphic designers, just people who are looking to get into the industry in general? Um, Well, one thing we didn't mention, um, be nice to everyone. Um, But also, okay, so obviously be nice to everyone. but in a way where, um, you know, I feel like it can, this program can get competitive, obviously. Um, You guys know, Um, it can get competitive in various aspects. And I think focusing on your own progress, learning to do better every day is the most important thing. Um, Like your, like other people's accomplishments don't make you, like less accomplished in a way because that's what I found like um that I've had to learn um for these couple years um you know you see like people like thriving like living their best life but that doesn't mean you're you know um like everyone has a different journey and in the end just know it's going to work out and you have to work for it um but yeah that's that's my take and yeah because this program can get competitive if you guys haven't noticed, but in, in a good way, there is healthy competition, but there's like other ones where you're like, Oh, I want to see them like fail, but which is never a good thing. Like, why would you like always hype up your like colleagues, like hype, like if they're like starting a podcast, like, you know, share it on your story. Like, you know, just make, 
like that's that's so uh, people will definitely appreciate it especially if it's coming to your um um your classmates and stuff but yeah that's my thing in other words really like good. all of people's posts on instagram share them uh hype up <laughs> your people or just be nice just be nice and treat people the way well. you want to be treated i think is the best way of putting it i know it's like a elementary school kind of saying and mm-hmm. i think it's just very true and that's the biggest thing in this industry. If you treat people the way you want to be treated, they'll exactly. hopefully treat you the same way. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll sort of wrap up our interview segment here. And we don't have a timer on this call. So we either just... we got extended or potentially we Wait, are what? getting close. No, but like, uh, oh, as I say it. that, the oh, timer shows up. Uh, that's so frustrating. Uh, <sighs> Let's quickly, though, talk – I guess we could do baseball in this time frame yeah. because we have a ton of basketball and hockey to talk about. And we have about an hour left with Therese before she has to go and do an actual job, which she gets potentially actually paid for, uh, as opposed to this podcast. Uh, actually, let's start – let's do the boycotts instead of baseball. We can maybe get to baseball in a second. But when we wrapped up our last podcast, it was basically as the Bucks boycotted the game. They didn't come out of the locker room. All that stuff was happening. So I thought we should sort of touch on it in terms of everything that sort of went down and different people's responses. I think basically I'll sum up what we all probably think. And we have a ton of respect for the athletes for doing this, for using their platform to push for these, I guess, how do I put this? Push for change, I guess, and push for the bettering of society because it definitely isn't better right now uh there's still a ton of issues and you've seen that over the last weeks and months and 400 plus years um i feel like humans are just bad in general but we're trying to improve and i think that's the biggest thing in terms of what these players are pushing for is they're trying to push for improvement and i think with this movement they have uh, one of the things that came out of it was all of the nba arenas that are owned by teams are now voting stations or polling places and that's huge for voting and I look at the NHL who they were a day late I think it's no negative to saying that they didn't do it the Wednesday night when I could have and instead did the, the Thursday and Friday but they also announced some things and I think it needs I don't think people should jump on the league if they aren't necessarily acting immediately if they're sort of thinking through what they're doing because as Elliot Friedman said on 31 Thoughts podcast when he was sort of talking about the boycotts the NHL look at this as they only have one shot that's Mm -hmm. why they haven't done a ton of stuff with the black players Uh, is it the black players coalition or that's MLS Uh, hockey diverse hockey diversity alliance thank you um Hockey Diversity Alliance, that's why they haven't immediately done stuff with them is they sort of want to understand where they're at and what they can do. And I'd say you need to give them a little bit of time, but also understand you got to push them. And if you don't push, change isn't going to happen. And we've seen that uh, with the amount of protests and everything that's happened. Aiden and I have both been very vocal uh, about how our support and on social media, I know, Therese, you've done a bunch of stuff, uh, posts, retweets things like that. And to see what Naomi Osaka did uh, throughout the U S open with the face masks was amazing. And 
I think we just need to shout them out and sort of say good on the athletes because we have had, we haven't had a podcast since then. And yeah, what they did was huge. Um, but yeah, another league that we need to shout out that doesn't get enough attention in terms of their pushing for racial equality is the WNBA because they've done a ton of stuff. And on the night they showed up with seven uh, fake bullet holes in the backs of their shirts representing the seven shots that Jacob Blake uh, took to the back, which ended up paralyzing him. But yeah, shout out to the WNBA because they've been doing a lot of really, really good things. Um, do you have anything to, you want to add, either of you, to the whole boycott discussion? I think you said it best, Connor. I think you know we have to, we stand by these athletes, and I applaud the NBA for taking action right away. Um, I like what the NHL did, um, not the first day, but the two days afterwards, taking the break off and getting the players to really speak up, and it showed. Uh, you know, you really felt what Ryan Reeves was saying. Guys like Jason Dickinson, other guys on other teams stepping up and being vocal about it. Um, I think, you know, it doesn't just stop here, though. You have to, you know, even though the games have continued on, you still have to spread these messages and um, mm-hmm. and keep, you know, being vocal about it. You know, I think just two days of no sports isn't really going to do much. It has to carry on. No, yeah, um, I agree. And NBA definitely proved that it is so much more than basketball. But with the NHL, it's kind of a question, is it, activism or performative are they just treating black lives matter as a trend or like are they actually going to act or continue acting up on it but we'll see like with the the hockey diversity alliance you know they definitely um changed it in a way where you know they just started something because we the thing with i think who's part of it matt dumba evander Evander kane wayne simmons they're doing amazing um, stuff. Like Kima Lu. Yeah. yeah. It's most of the players of color in the NHL. And I do want to shout out the Western Conference because that press conference the day mm-hmm. after was amazing, having every player there. And that wasn't prompted. That just sort of happened. And I think that's yes. really important. It shows that they actually want to see change and yeah. have change happen. Um, let's quickly, just so we can fire this off, uh, get it out of the way. Baseball. Aiden, what did you think of the Jays trade deadline? Because we haven't done a podcast since then. Jeez, man. That was a while ago. I don't even remember their moves. Um, Robbie Ray, I think they got a pitcher. He's okay. I think he's had like maybe one or two starts as a Jay so far. The first one didn't go to plan. Uh, the second one was pretty good, though. Jeez, um, who else did they? Oh, they got Jonathan VR, uh, a middle infielder. Um, he's very versatile. One of the fastest guys in the league, so he's good. Um, I forget. I think they just made some more minor moves. They got Ross Stripling, um, another solid, you know, pitching depth piece. Um, but just the Jays as a whole, I can talk about like they got Bo Bichette back, who is arguably their best hitter um, this year. He was out for over a month, so he's back now. Um, Vladdy looks good. Guriel looks good. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu has an ERA below three right now, which is very good. If, if he can keep that up, I think, you know, maybe they go far. Um, they, I like how they added the pitching depth. Um, unfortunately, Teoscar Hernandez is injured right now. Unfortunately, Rowdy Telez is out for the whole year as well. So those are two big losses for the Jays. Um, but currently they're in seventh place um, and that will get them into the playoffs. So 
I don't know, Jays fans, I think, you know, this season we were expecting them to compete for a wild card spot, but we didn't think that they would be in a playoff spot at this time of the year already. Um, and, you know, people are saying the Jays are still a few years away. They're still in a rebuild phase. I think this team has a shot to maybe win around this year and it will be against a good opponent, but I would watch out if they get Ryu going good again, if they get Shoemaker back, um, Taiwan Walker, they also got at the deadline. He is a good piece. Um, so they have like three solid good pitchers and that's really all you need in the playoffs. Um, last night was awful. I think they lost like 20 to six. So it's against the Yankees and the Yankees are one of the best teams in the league. So, um, I'm excited. I'm ex- I haven't watched too much of the Jays this year, to be honest, but there's only like oh, just over 15 games left in the year and every game is important. So I would definitely jump on the bandwagon now that the Raptors are not playing anymore. Leafs were done playing a while ago. So uh, I would watch some Blue Jays baseball. There's no basketball or hockey tonight. The Jays are on. So I would, I would definitely tune in. It's a big game tonight. Yankees. You're just going to ignore the fact that soccer is playing tonight, but okay. Um, yeah, I am. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Huge game. Very important game tonight between Montreal and Vancouver. Yeah, but it's not Toronto, not. though. If but it, it, Toronto, it decides it if Toronto ends up going to the Voyager's Cup, which just slides Champions League and whether or not we go there. But Dude, I don't know. Voyager's nobody here Cup, cares I don't know that. what that is. <laughs> nobody here cares about that. Uh, um, I'll talk about that on my other podcast. There's my one yeah. promo of yeah. the next week's podcast. Right. Or my other podcast, MLS Multiplex. Go check it out. Uh, <laughs> We have less than a minute on this call, so we are going to take a quick little break and talk Whoa. NBA and NHL. <laughs> choking on her water as is she laughing? Therese I... is dying, and <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, and welcome back to the big league. We are now going to talk NBA, as painful as that might be. Um, we'll start off very quickly and say Steve Nash was hired by the Brooklyn Nets to coach their basketball team with no coaching experience. So we'll see how that goes. And he was hired simply because he's friends with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Who knows how this is going to go, but congrats (laughs) to Steve Nash, I guess. Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. Great. Owner of the Vancouver Whitecaps. I'm going to continue throwing soccer in here as much as I can. (laughs) Um, Let's talk Clippers nuggets because that happened last night. And that we'll just sort of mention that really quickly. Uh, The Clippers fell apart. Paul George is terrible. Uh, he shot a three-pointer off the corner of the bas- uh, the backboard, which even I don't do that, and I'm terrible. Um, I don't know what happened to that team. Apparently, uh, they were asking to get taken out because they were too tired in the fourth quarter. Like, it was bad. And yeah. shout out Jamal Murray and Nikola Jukic. Uh, those guys... They went off, Murray especially, uh, as Therese just said, good Canadian boy. Um, yeah, I really don't know what to say. They came back from being down three to one. Mm-hmm. and Twice. They've done that twice. twice. Yeah. The first team, I think, ever to do that twice in playoffs in the NBA. So nice. shout out to them. They're going to have a really tough time with a rested Lakers team. But we'll see. They managed to beat the Clippers, and everyone sort of had the Clippers going either conference finals or finals. So mm-hmm. 
who knows? Uh, I don't know if you two were following Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum on Twitter last night, but they were on fire. And if you haven't checked it out, go check it out because it is hysterical. Uh, and shout out to my buddy Liam, who I went to high school with, with this insane stat. The Clippers traded more first-round picks for Paul George than he made field goals last night. <laughs> so that's never a good thing. That's an insane uh, stat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't know what else to say that. They were just terrible. Uh, click, clicky, Raptors stuff. Pascal Siakam was named to the All-NBA second team, which is good for him. Bad for the Raptors cap situation because he now makes like a ton more money uh, on his salary over the next four years on his deal, uh, which isn't ideal when you're trying to sign Giannis next summer. <laughs> but good for him. He got his money and you have to be happy for him. Uh, Nick Nurse signed a multi-year extension with the Toronto Raptors, uh, which I like. He's a great coach. Proven that throughout this season and last year. So shout out him. Uh, let's quickly run through the Toronto Boston series. And then I want to get your takes on what you think the Raps should do or will do this off season. So Toronto started off badly. They were down two nothing to the Boston Celtics. They ended up coming back to tie the series two, two thanks to an OG and buzzer beater, which was insane. The pass from Lowry was nuts. That wasn't even human. And then Ananobi hitting that shot. I lost my mind. I think a lot of people probably did too. Uh, he was incredible that entire series. Both he and Lowry were really, really good. Pascal, not so much. Um, he was okay defensively, I'd say. Eh, offensively, he was terrible. <laughs> I'm, there's no real good way to sugarcoat it. Sorry if you can hear my dog barking. Um, yeah, they just lost game seven. They didn't deserve to win it. They had way too many turnovers. What did you guys think of that series, and what did you think of the Raptors? Well, yeah, I mean, when you get off to a, a 2-0 deficit in the series, that's all, already a tough start. And then, like, really they should have lost game three as well. Like, that shot never goes in. Mm-hmm. That defensive setup from the Boston Celtics should never have happened. I don't know how they let um, OG get so wide open there. But shout out to OG for making the, the most out of it and getting that shot away, like, super fast. Um, yeah, in game four, I think the Raptors mostly just won that because they had so much momentum, you know, heading into that game and they were able to get the dub. But then when it came down to the most important games of the series, game five was crucial. Like that's a big game. You got to win it. It's, it's like game seven, 2.0, a game five. They lost that game and then they get just like, they got destroyed in game seven and good on them for, for playing a, a hard fought battle in game six. But like, that game could have gone either way as well. Like double overtime, it came down to the wire. There was like a missed call on uh, on OG in the fourth quarter, I think as well, that you know could have uh, caused the game to go another way. So um, it, it's tough because coming into this series, I really thought that the Raptors were like unbeatable. Like they looked so good. Nick Nurse's game plans were, were insane um Lowry was good um I I think in this series we just saw some of their big guys kind of crumble like OG had that shot but in the most important games he didn't really rise to the occasion Siakam obviously we know all about him what happened uh Powell was good in game six I didn't see much of that fight in game seven from him and then even the guys on the bench like Gasol didn't play too much Ibaka didn't play too much 
I think we we were missing a bit of that depth in especially like in game seven. And I think that's the one strength for the Raptors, their depth. And we just didn't really see it. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating because I didn't think they would lose. But at the same time, and I've been telling other Raptors fans this, like we can't be spoiled about this team. Like we won the championship last year. It's really hard to, to win back to back. So I think, I think we need to look at it as like, like we, we got our, our moment to shine last year. And it sucks that we lost in the second round, but we can't hang our heads too much about it. And we should be proud of this team. I'd have to agree with that. Therese, what are your sort of thoughts on the series? Um, for the series, definitely, you know, OG, Powell, they all showed up. Siakam, obviously, we, know, we don't know. But they're big guys, Boston especially. Tatum, Walker, Brown, obviously, everyone knows about Smart. Yeah. He, they definitely... You can definitely tell in game seven, they were just the better team. Like, especially, what was the stat for rebounds? I honestly couldn't tell you, but you can definitely tell. Like, Raptors did have a fight in that series, but you can definitely tell Boston was just the better team in game seven. But overall, coming down from a 2-0 series deficit, they definitely, they gave it their all. And like Aiden said, just can't be spoiled in these things. Can't win them all. Yeah, would have really helped if we had a guy by the name of Kawhi Leonard on our team. And I'm sure he's wishing he was on Toronto following the Clippers like, man, series. I, I've seen so many people say stuff about that and like the memes and everything. Like, I don't know. They weren't good enough, right? Is yes, that what you saw that Lewinberg thing. I was going to say, yeah, Josh Lewinberg reported this morning that one of his, one of the things he said to the Raptors, according he didn't say sources. He said one source. So I don't know how truthful that is. But he said the reason, one of the reasons he didn't stay was because he didn't think the Raptors were good enough. And I think if they had Kawhi Leonard, that game, series would have been over in four. And we probably would have just walked our way to. We would have won. Going we would have won back. the championship. Yes. Yeah. So I, screw you, Kawhi, I, for leaving. <laughs> um, no. Buddy, I, I don't I don't agree with people saying that though. I don't agree with people saying like dissing Kawhi right now. Like look at what he did for us last year. We 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 cannot be spoiled about this. Let the guy be. He wanted to go home. He went home. I, I just don't agree with it. Like you can be you can be angry about it in the moment, but I don't think it's anger. I think it's just pettiness. Yeah, I don't think we don't need to be petty. We, Toronto fans, we should not be petty. We should be grateful. We're we're Toronto Maple Leafs fans. We don't need to be spoiled. We, Not we, all of us. One of us isn't. One of us dude, has actually oh, yeah. experienced success in the last decade. That is okay. True. My family's a Leafs fan. Like, don't oh, worry, God. guys. I'm I'm on your team here. <laughs> don't worry. I don't yeah. know. I I just saw so many people just making memes of Kawhi yesterday, and like it's the same people that were saying that he was the king last year, yeah. and like there it just switches like that as soon as Kawhi loses and the Raptors lose, right? Like I think we need to to kind of like be a bit more realistic about it and be thankful for what he actually did for us. I don't think the Lewinberg report helped anything. Right. Though, yeah, that is honest. true. Yeah. If he said that, then uh, yeah, I guess I can see it a little bit. Like, I'm just so glad Kawhi doesn't have social media right now. Because I said that last night too. Like you already know that's going to, that's going to be wild. I pity Paul George's yeah. Twitter. <laughs> God, that's going to be, 
oh, he's going to have a rough couple days. He's got to stay off his phone because uh, he had a just dreadful playoffs. And mm-hmm. I really, I, wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for, yeah, for Siakam. I feel bad. And then I realized that they're making hundreds of millions of dollars to play basketball for a living and are also giant as opposed to me. Um, <laughs> uh, look, the basketball players, they'll get over this. The Clippers will be just as dangerous next year because they have nobody expiring that's really that big of a deal. And they've got the two best six men of the year in Lou Williams and Mo Harris, or not Mo Harris, um, Harrell, Montrez Harrell. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, he won at that this week. So, they're in a good spot, but let's talk hockey because we have a limited amount of time. Um, and I want to get to all of this because there's a ton of stuff. We don't necessarily have to comment on everything, but just sort of list off what's happened. It's let's start a- with what Montreal's done because they've been pretty busy trade-wise, which is a little confusing. And they have a ton of cap space, so I guess they can. But they acquired Jake Allen. Uh, they gave him a th- up a third and a seventh this year, uh, as well as – nothing else in St. Louis sent them Jake Allen, who's making around 4 million bucks for one more season. Then he's a UFA next summer and a seventh round pick in 2022, which I really have to wonder why did GMs do that? Why don't you just stick it to a third and Jake Allen? Because you could end up with like a Pavel Datsuk <laughs> in the seventh round. But, uh, then just keep your pick. <laughs> You're swapping seventh rounders. I, th- like- I think, I think it's also not just for the um, the value or like the value of what you can get for that pick, like the player. It's not for the player. It's for the uh, the value of the pick. So you can always trade that seventh if you want to improve on another trade, potentially. I guess. I you I'm trying to OHL, make some you can get sense. An AHL goalie for that, but yeah, I guess I don't know. It was just I thought it was interesting that. They did that. Now they have 14.85 million bucks tied up into two goalies in Price and Allen. So that tandem is going to be insane. And we'll see what they do with the expansion draft next summer uh, because Jake Allen is a UFA. But at the same time, Carey Price's contract isn't ideal, I guess is a good way of putting it. Paying $10.5 or $10 million for a goalie who's already in his 30s. Um, I guess Florida can tell you about that one, can't they? Uh, with Sergey Bobrovsky, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what Montreal looks like next season. What do you two think about Montreal having fourteen point eight five million tied up in goalies for next year? Mm, I think Carey Price has needed a solid backup for years, and I guess Canadians found it in Jake Allen, and yeah. I I honestly think he, he's not gonna win. Like he needs his days off here. Yeah, like it's true. Like yeah, that's my take on it. I but. agree with that. I think they need to find as many off days for Carey Price next year, um, and rest him up for playoffs because we saw what he could do if if he's rested and mm-hmm. and uh, like he stole the series against Pittsburgh and almost well, I wouldn't say almost, but he put up a good fight against Philly as well. So. I think yeah. I like the signing. It's a lot of money, though. It is a lot of money, but they have the cap space. They do have the cap space, and they're taking advantage of that cap space after acquiring Joel Edmondson from Carolina for a fifth round of this year. He's 
upcoming UFA, but there are rumors that he's close to a three to five year deal in the 3.5 to $4 million range. So what do you think about that contract for Montreal? And do you think that was a good move by the Canadians acquiring Edmondson ahead of time when they probably could have just gotten him in free agency because he probably won't be that coveted considering nobody has any money. I don't know about this one. Like if they didn't have this much cap space, they wouldn't have done it because if you're trading for a guy who's a free agent, then the ball is in the free agent's court. The ball is in Edmondson's court. He can ask for as much as he wants and Montreal would probably have to give him that or it, they basically gave up a, a fifth round pick for nothing, right? So he's he has the upper level in this in this department. And I think three to five years for Edmondson is a good amount of term for his age. Montreal. If he gets Huh? Oh, are you talking about Edmondson? Yeah, Edmondson, Edmondson. His contract? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> four four million dollars for Joel Edmondson is a bit much, I think, though. I think yeah. I was leaning towards like maybe 3 million max. And, you know, if Montreal doesn't trade for him, he's not getting 4 mil. But like, shout out, good, good for Joel Edmondson. He's going to get paid. Yeah. And I know he's a good defenseman. He's a, you know, maybe a, a fifth defenseman, right? Fifth defenseman on a team. Maybe, a maybe cracks a top four. Yeah. He's a left-handed defenseman, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's their, their left side isn't great. Like they've got Jeff Petrie and Shea Weber but they're both right-handed. So maybe it's trying to solidify that left side. Uh, I know Ben Sherratt had a pretty good year. Maybe they're going to look at dealing Victor him. Mete, Victor Mete, Alexander Romanov. He um, hasn't played yet, Romanov. Right. He's a new signing. There's uh, someone else as well. Fleury? Fleury? He is... Fleury, isn't he on... Yeah, the Hayden Fleury is on Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Cal, Cal Fleury is on Montreal. Right, right. He's a, another prospect. yeah. They got some depth. They're going to be interesting next year. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Mete, who's an upcoming RFA. Uh, But I guess we'll just sort of have to wait and see because I think this offseason is going to be the most insane one we've seen potentially ever. And that Stamkos-Suban thing, remember that little stretch of like three hours, three days? Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, Yep. I think that's going to be this entire offseason. And it's going to be just nutty, especially when you look at how many teams are shopping players. You know, you look at what Arizona is doing right now. They've just apparently had a verbal agreement with Bill Armstrong, who's a St. Louis assistant GM, uh, but they haven't finalized a contract. Arizona wants to cut a ton of salary. And that includes, includes Oliver Ekman-Larsen. And apparently they want to deal Darcy Kemper. Rumors around Darcy Kemper are there's an offer on the table for that involves a late teens, somewhere in the 20s, we're not really sure, first round pick. And in a stacked draft, that's very valuable. So we'll see where that sort of goes. I think they wanted to pick in the teens. Hey, yo, Toronto, we got the 15th. We got the 15th. You might might trade it, and then we can trade Freddie. We might, but... Was Freddie actually leaving? Potentially. Potentially. Do you think he's going to leave? I think he should. I, I this is a hot take, but I think he's he's he makes really he, he's a great goalie, but I just don't think he's all you know that like he's no Carey Price like that that's just me. But yeah, uh, that's true. He makes about half. He makes half of what 
Price makes, but he's an upcoming UFA and not this season, next season. So there are rumors are and sort of the belief in Freddie's camp is that he's going to get dealt. Uh, he's not really preparing to be a Leaf next year. He's sort of preparing to get moved. And considering he's only getting physically paid a million dollars, that's going to be mm-hmm. huge for a team like Arizona. So I'm hoping for a Freddie Kemper swap, but who yeah. knows because they already have Antti Aranta. Yeah, they were saying um, Freddie to Carolina. And then I'm like, wait, yeah. you know who's also in Carolina? Reimer. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah, it was. So he's coming back. <laughs> the, those rumors are sort of surrounding. They'd involve one of Mrazic or Reimer as a cap dump, and then we'd get something else uh, on top of that. Probably. I've seen Dougie Hamilton's name out there, which that'll never happen. Yeah. Uh, probably like, uh, uh, probably not even Slavin. Slavin would be good. But, uh, be, but what's that other guy? They have so many defensemen on Carolina. Yeah. I forget his name. It's, gonna, it's interesting. I know LEL is potential trade candidate for the Leafs, but he's making like, I think it's like nine mil, Yo. eight and a Pet- half. So there's still talks about Petrangelo's like destinations or are Toronto and mm-hmm. Vegas. Like just bring on the cap problems. <laughs> if he leaves St. Louis, if he leaves St. Louis, that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, and their offers are apparently in the eight, million dollar range and he wants like nine so there's still a big gap and i think it was jim rutherford who's the athletics beat reporter in st louis said if he gets to free agency he's going to leave he won't resign with st louis so it's an interesting situation to watch like the entire free agency situation and especially with coaches like you look at Peter Laviolette, he's been on the market for a while. He just got hired by Washington. Uh, Babcock and Gallant were both interviewed for that position, and they didn't get picked up. Uh, yeah. You had Jeff Ward, who's the coach of the Calgary Flames, after he took uh, on their team midseason. He was give, had his interim tagged removed, so he's now their full-time head coach. Dallas just did that with their head coach, uh, if he wants to stay. There are rumors he may not want to stay. He may just want to retire, um, but – We'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be a crazy off season and cross your fingers. Bruce Boudreaux becomes the next Leafs assistant coach because they still have an <laughs> opening and I'm going to continue to push for that infinitely. Let's see. What else do we have to hit today? I guess we could talk Stanley Cup final considering that's kind of a big event going on right now. Well, it hasn't, it hasn't been finalized yet, but yeah. One of the teams has and the Dallas yeah. stars who shocked everybody and beat Vegas who did either of you see that coming? I did not. I did. I didn't have Dallas coming out of the second round, to be honest. But I'm glad they're. I'm really glad that um, like in the finals, not gonna. Like, I want it to be Tampa and Dallas so badly. Like. I think it will be. I I actually said, and my hockey life manager can back me up on this. I said Dallas in five after game one. So. Wow. Yeah. I know. I, I just liked what I saw from Dallas. And for some reason, and, and Peter DeBoer said it best, Thatcher Demko just completely messed up Vegas's offense. Like, they couldn't generate anything in the past two games of that series. And then it just continued on to this one. And, I mean, Dallas, first of all, I've watched, like, every single Dallas Stars game. I've watched a ton of Dallas Stars this entire season because I had Ben Radulov and Sagan on my fantasy team. So I was watching a ton of Dallas Stars. Wow. And, um, and I'm still watching them. <laughs> and they're just so fun to watch. 
Like Miro Heiskanen is so talented defensively. John Klingberg is good. Um, Gurianov, Kiviranta, Rupe Hints is actually like a decent player in this league. Kudobin's been playing Kudobin. out of his mind. Yeah, Kudobin's been great. But the only reason why they won in five games, in my opinion, is Jamie Benn. And he just took his game to like another level in this in this series, and he scored some big goals. So like I think if if Dallas wins the cup, maybe he gets the Conn Smythe. It's probably him or or uh, Kudobin. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, Kudobin's been he's carried this team. Uh, ben Bishop, I don't think he's really been that healthy for the entire playoffs. They've been very impressive and yeah. i didn't see them going as Therese said like out of the second round i thought mm-hmm. they were gonna get wiped off the floor yeah uh, although my stanley cup pick i think got eliminated first round so oh same yeah. carolina no oh you chicago Austin? oh me yeah uh, so, guys like don't judge but my um it was like a remake of the 2010 finals so i had flyers in chicago okay i think i had okay, flyers going about. pretty far too I had Flyers going like winning it all, but wow. Yeah, that's what everybody thought. But hey, they ran into the Islanders. They I have Tampa. Even, I have Tampa still. They weren't even yeah. playing James Van Riemsdyk. They, which really not. That's Most no. I think he was getting healthy scratched. Oh wow! What? That's a lot of money they have tied into him too. So we'll see. I gotta if he say gets that that I really want to see Dallas win this thing. Like, even though I've made Tampa my prediction, and I have Vasilevsky on my fantasy team as well, and I need him to win, but I want Dallas to win this whole thing. Like, it'd be really exciting to see. Mm-hmm. And, like, Pavelski for Rick Bonus, yeah, Corey Perry gets the cup. Jamie Benn gets the cup. Um, well, Corey Perry's already got a cup, doesn't he? His second, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, he does. In Anaheim, yeah. That was a long while ago, though. Yeah. Um, but also on the other side, if the Islanders make it to the final, I'll really want Dallas to win. But if Tampa makes it to the final, like they are very much deserving of this cup as well. Like I don't know who's going to win that series. It's going to be so interesting because Dallas is Dallas gives up a ton of shots, but they're they're just Kudobin and and like they they make the saves at the right time. And and Tampa, they were known for their offense in the past, but it seems like their defense is so good now as well. It's like it's like a, a team that that kind of like flip flop places in some way. So and and like Tampa's been cr- knocking on the door for for so long trying to win this thing. Yeah. So I, I wish there was two cups to give out because both teams are really deserving. And it's gonna be it's gonna be sad to see one of them lose in the end. Like John Cooper would be crushed. Bonus would be crushed. Yeah. So just looking at it, Tampa has great defense. Like Alex Kalorn, Ryan McDon, Ryan McDonough. Ryan McDonough, yeah. Right, was, yeah. John, uh, that was the JT Miller trade, wasn't it? it was yeah. McDonough and Miller for Nemesikov, their first round pick. Jeez. And some Maybe. other player. They're just, their roster's just stacked. Like, especially without Stamkos and potentially. Yeah, playing. man. Yeah. Stamkos. Like, that guy's always injured. Like, he's practicing. He, but I don't think he's going to be back from the yeah, sounds of it. Based on Cooper's uh, comments. I, I can't picture them winning without Stamkos, to be honest. I feel so bad for him. Like, the yeah. one year they make it to... Well, he's been in the cup final before, but the one year they might actually win the cup, he's not going to be on the on the ice. 
with them. Is will uh, he host? You think he'll hoist the cup? Yes, yes, yeah. he will if he physically can. You think we also we don't know what the injury is. Well, he's been practicing. I've seen videos of him skating around. He looks okay. Doesn't I, mean he can lift his arms over his head. <laughs> he's got like a separated shoulder or something. True, or but he's been shoulder. shooting the pot. I've seen him shoot and stuff. He you've looks okay. Shoot? Yeah. I wonder what it is then. Maybe it's a concussion. Uh, and he and he, he's got the long hair now. He's got a full oh, beard. Oh, he's got the flow too. Yeah, you got to look nice. at the videos. Yeah. Huh. I, he'll carry it for sure. Thing. Uh, I, yes. I hope so too. But. He's been so important to that team, and especially in the regular season. Like, there's no oh. reason for him not to. Should we, should we talk about this uh, white cloud penalty that ended the series? That Dallas Vegas. It was a penalty. I don't know what. Uh, what do you want to say? Like. Yeah. No, I guess there, it was very controversial. Uh, it's a penalty. Yeah, it is a penalty. Yeah, I don't. I saw Don Cherry's take on it because I can't remember who tweeted that. I think he tweeted it, uh, but I saw it on like an Instagram mm-hmm. account that he didn't like the penalty, and I don't think Burke liked it, but Bieksa did. No, Burke liked it. Burke, Burke liked, liked it. it, and Bieksa didn't then. I can't oh, remember. BXL it was, liked it too. I, Ru, Kelly Rudy didn't like it. Kelly Rudy, that's who it was. Yeah, it was one of the CBC guys. Uh, I have, I like the penalty. I think it that should be a penalty um, because otherwise you get into the issue of players just firing out of the yeah rink and drilling a fan in the head, and we've yeah. seen what's happened with that before, where people have died. Um, so yeah. I have no issue with the penalty. I've look a penalty you can't the puck can't go out off your stick without hitting anything and Mm -hmm. it's in the rules and it's the one penalty that actually gets called over whether or not it like there's no if and or buts it's that's a penalty so yeah i don't know let's i guess sort of wrap up this sort of hockey discussion i'm shocked we got through everything in the time that we have yeah good job connor it's been you too as well Chicago, because Therese, you are a Jonathan Taves diehard fan, and <laughs> what do you think of what do you think of Chicago? What um, where what do they do this off season? Where do they go from here? Well, you know, as a Hawks fan, I love living in the past, so you, you guys know that. But um, this off season is it is a question to see Corey Crawford will resign because I actually have no clue. Maybe. I I have no clue about that, but if you guys look at the series power play, it's literally just Taze, Kane, Keith passing it to each other, not even like shooting the puck. Like that's not going to happen. I definitely think to, well, we have Kubelik, like we all, we all, we have, obviously we have like a lot of young guns. So we have Strom, Debrinkat, uh, who didn't have a good year. You know, and then we also have defensemen in, um Connor Murphy so we do have a lot of things and we also have Kirby Doc obviously Kirby Doc, yeah, um, yeah that's, that's somebody <laughs> if he develops like a shooting mentality like a shoot first mentality he's gonna be insane in the league and the thing is I think they need to find a way to get some defensemen up in here because he old man Keith he can't hold the Brent Seabrook's gone yeah like there's like there's literally no one mm-hmm. no one he did up- have somebody in Yuki Haru, but then they traded him for Alex yeah. Nylander. So <laughs> they have uh, Adam Boquist still. Adam Boquist, yeah. Yeah. Olimata. Olimata. Forgot they acquired him. 
he he I swear he had like more stats than Patrick Kane in that Vegas series but no I honestly think focusing on defensemen is a big one because the key guys they're just getting old they're not in their prime anymore like Taze is getting old Kane obviously he's Patrick Kane but you know you they need help in that department but I definitely think defenseman is the like, def- sorry defense is like the big thing okay, okay so quickly we'll give you like a one sentence answer yes. is it time for a rebuild on the fly in Chicago like what do you mean <laughs> uh trade Kane and tapes and uh, reset no no <laughs> I'm saying like okay, Aiden what do you think I no. think Kane and Taves are long-time Flyers. Like, they're going to play – or not Flyers. Hawks. Hawks. <laughs> Definitely not Flyers. Um, I don't see them trading them. No way. After all they've done for this team, no. Like, they're going to retire Hawks. That, that's my take on it. And they okay. better. If what not, about- Stan Bowman's going to catch these hands, like, honestly. <laughs> There's no way. All right. And final name, Corey Crawford. Stay or go. Oh rumors are he will, is going to resign. No, I can't help that's but think rumor. if if Chicago still had Robin Leonard, like Ro- how far could they have gone this year? All Imagine if the Leafs still had Robin Leonard. Yeah, man. If if you know, I'm considering getting a Robin Leonard jersey just for jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of Hawks fans don't like Robin Leonard now because it's he was apparently stealing Crawford's like. Oh, his first spot. And I'm like, come on. He's a, he was a great backup. Same with Flurry. Yeah, exactly. He, he's a great – Robin Leonard's a great goalie. Like, I, it would have been interesting to see if um, he stayed with the Hawks, but Hawks had other plans. And I guess we have Malcolm Subban now. It's not bad. Not it's bad. not terrible. Not terrible. All right. That concludes sports talk, I guess. Yeah, I guess we can call it that. Now – as you know, Therese, we've told you about this earlier. We have a recurring segment on this show called Hot Takes. So we give a hot take every week and we see if it comes true. For instance, in the past, Aid, the only one we've ever gotten correct, Aiden predict, predicted Babcock getting fired. Uh, other hot takes, I said the MLB would be the first league back following COVID. Uh, I also said the Raptors would go back to back. So you don't have to be right. We're usually just completely and utterly wrong uh but do either of you have one prepared because we only have five minutes left in this call (laughs) so it's just predicting right yeah just random hot take like cindy crosby is the third best player in the nhl sort of thing which he isn't he's second best oh my god you guys are gonna hate me (laughs) all right let's hear it she's gonna say crosby is fourth best (laughs) (laughs) behind taves kane and mcdavid and adam bokefist no dominic kubalik Okay. Mitch Marner. Okay, actually, no, no, no. Okay, I'll do another one. No, 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 keep going. I want to no, hear no, no, this. No, 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 I'll do another, I'll do another one. <laughs> um, Pierre-Luc Dubois was better than Matthews in their series. Was that, is that a hot take? That's not a hot take, no. That's not oh, a hot shit, take. That's not a, oh, that's just my, oh, shit. Aiden that's, left. I don't know why he left. That was just, that's just true. And I don't know why he's mad. That was just true. He was he, better in that series. Matthews was terrible against Columbus. The entire Leafs team was. Uh, but we'll let you off with it because that is fairly hot. If you say it's better than Matthews, period, that's oh, a hot take. Okay. But. okay, let me do another one. Um, Tampa's <laughs> going to win the cup. I don't know. <laughs> I, All right. I, um, I wasn't mad about that one. I'm just, I was just shocked. Like, I think 
like in terms of stats, Dubois was better, but I still think Matthews was the best player in that series. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a Aiden, hot take is, for a reason, though. Yeah. What's your hot take? Carey Price is going to get traded this offseason. <gasps> no, you did not just say that. Yeah. Who did you say? Sorry, my head just that. Carey Price is going to get traded this offseason. That's a hot take. I'd say that's the right take, but that's a hot take. Yeah. Um, all right. My hot take. This is tough. I'm debating between two, both of which are going to be completely wrong. <laughs> the Leafs somehow find a way to acquire Darcy Kemper in exchange for Frederick Anderson, but the Leafs massively win the trade. So we don't put any sort of picks in. They do. I think the Leafs will massively win a, Kep- a Kemper trade. Uh, I hope. Mm-hmm. I can see Other that. Hot, yep. I think I did I say this hot take last time. If not, I think Victor Mete could be a Toronto Maple Leaf next season. You didn't definitely didn't say that before. Okay. I think Victor Mete could be a Toronto Maple Leaf next season. I think the wow. Leafs and Montreal are prime trade partners uh, in that front. But with that, we want to thank Therese for coming on. Thank you. We Thank really, you. really appreciate it in your insanely, insanely busy schedule. Uh, I know you have to work in like half an hour, so we'll keep this short. Um, you thank you. Me. This was really fun. Thank you for coming on. If you want to check out any of her stuff, it's all below. Uh, her Instagram graphics page is Reese, R-E-S-E dot V-S. Uh, you can check that out there. We'll link her YouTube channel below so you can check out her Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue fan no, videos. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she can check out. You went back like you. You have like isn't there Blackhawks up on there too? Yeah, you, you have like ten videos. You have like ten videos up. Yeah, and five Wait, of them. And you, you did a you did a vlog, right? You did a vlog with Kayla. You did do a vlog, yes. You did a vlog. Daily sport media students would be right before the Corona happened, so it was perfect timing. And the <laughs> NBA season, so perfect. Yeah, so you can find out all our stuff down below if you want to watch any of her YouTube videos or check out her graphics, which are absolutely insane. Yes. Um, go check them out. She's unreal at graphics, and she's, already, she's feeling just absolutely terrible right now because for some reason she can't take compliments, even though she should. Um, we'll also link her Wix site where she compiles all her graphics. Uh, that's Therese A. Sevilla, S-E-V-I-L-L-A, .wixsite.com. So that'll be down below as well. Aiden, I'll send you that. And with that, thank you for listening. Check out my MLS podcast at the MLS Multiplex Podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Check out Aiden's podcast. Uh, at the, Unlimited Pod. At Unlimited Podcast. Check it out. Spotify, YouTube. Check and it all out. All the above. Uh, you can follow Aiden on Instagram. At Aiden Silvafant. You can follow Therese on Twitter. Sevsri. S-E-V-S-E-S-R-E. All right. That'll be linked below. And you can follow me on Twitter at C-W-G-S-O-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. And with that, thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Keep an eye out. We might be on Spirit Live pretty soon, but hopefully we'll see. We applied for that this morning. Um, But we'll see you next week. And with that, goodbye.